0: The seminar met in Fisk Hall, one of the oldest buildings on Northwestern's campus, and the crusted, beating heart of the university's Medill School of Journalism. I took a seat at a table in the back. The pile of red hair at the front shook itself like a dog shaking off the weather. A hand beckoned. Won't you, Mr. Joyce. I sighed, grabbed my backpack, and found a place up front. The pile of hair parted itself, revealing a considerable length of nose and eyes of violent blue. My name is Judy Zembrowski. You can call me Z. Do you know Miss Gold? A hand directed my attention to a woman sitting directly to my left. She had a perfectly square chin, high cheekbones, and long brown hair that turned crimson in the late afternoon sun. Sarah Gold waved. I felt queasy. Gloriously so. We know each other from undergrad, Sarah said, smiling at me as if we'd exchanged more than three words during our four years together. Of course you do. Z cast a look toward the back of the room. We're waiting for one more. A door banged open. The third student in the summer graduate seminar was tall and angular. He had thick shoulders and a long jaw covered by a blonde scruff of beard. His eyes were shaded and hard to read. Jake Havens? Z's voice rang down the empty aisle and echoed off the walls. Havens took the same seat I'd picked out for myself. What is it with you people? Z waved Havens forward. Up here. I'm good, thanks. His voice was ragged, like a car knocking through its low end of gears. He looked older, in his thirties even. Fine, sit where you want. Zee poked at the mass of papers piled up around her. From underneath a legal pad, she pulled out what looked like a Big Mac and unwrapped it. She took a bite, then found a Coke with a straw and sipped. So, can someone tell me what we're here for? Z took another bite and watched us as she chewed. We are here to work on wrongful convictions, Sarah Gold tapped a pen lightly against the table as she spoke. Men who've been sentenced to death for crimes they didn't commit? You mean murder, Ms. Gold. Yes, ma'am. Zee. Yes, Zee. And what if, heaven forbid, the son of a bitch is guilty? A pickle dropped out of Zee's Big Mac. She ignored it. What if you spend the quarter working a file, and at the end of the day, he raped the little girl, cut her into pieces, and stuffed them all into hefty bags, just like the state said he did? Sarah opened her mouth to speak. I'm not finished, Zee said. What if you work a case and are convinced the poor bastard is innocent? Not a doubt about it. But you don't have the evidence. Or you do have the evidence, but for some reason it's tainted, inadmissible. What then? Z took another bite of her sandwich, put it down, and held up her hands like she was a doctor getting ready to operate. I'm not supposed to eat this stuff, but I love it. She wiped her fingers with a napkin, wrapped up what was left of the burger, and stuffed it into its paper bag. My point is this. We have a lot of files and a lot of possible outcomes. But we don't root for one result over the other. What do we root for? Sarah said. The truth, if we can find it. And a good story. As for the actual workings of our legal system, a flick of hands to the heavens. Sometimes it's necessary to let things fall where they may. Do you understand what I'm getting at? We all nodded. Like hell you do. But that's all right. Just keep in mind rule number one. The evidence is what it is. Allow it to tell its own story. Don't shape it to support a certain outcome. We'll talk more about all this later. For now, why don't we get started? Z gestured to the stack of brown files climbing the wall behind her. These are just a few cases you can look at. We have another roomful down the hall. Do we start anywhere in particular? I said. Or just dig in. This seminar is all about instinct, Mr. Joyce. And who has it? In fact, our very first case relied on little more than a hunch. Have any of you heard this? We all shook our heads. Z seemed pleased. Our first case involved a man named Charles Granger. He was convicted of shooting a man dead over a drug deal and sentenced to die by the state of Indiana. In the spring of 1999, we read through the file in this very classroom. None of us bought it. No one was sure why, but the facts just didn't hang together. So we ordered up Granger's trial transcripts and began to work the case. We eventually zeroed in on the state's eyewitness. At first, she was scared to talk to us. We sent her some letters from Granger. Then we sent her a calendar with Granger's scheduled execution date circled. She wound up recanting her testimony. And the whole thing came apart.